The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by the GorillaPosition.com, and a proud part of the Roar Network. Presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. Now in association with NDPW.com. We are sponsored by Collar and ElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPodcast at the checkout. And in partnership with Phoenix at FNXFit.com where you can get 15% off all your health supplements when using promo code TBTalkPod. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, CastBox, Spotify and all those other podcatchers. And now, here are your hosts. Big Joe and Carl Carafel. Hello and welcome everybody. We're at episode 177 of Turnbuckle Talk and you guys are here with us live. Before we get started with this broadcast, I do have a little bit of updating news for you from the Chris Jericho cruise that your man will be going on. A little bit of a change and for that change, I am going to play a little something for everyone to hear. Here we go. Hey guys, it's Chris Jericho, and I am so looking forward to being together once again on the ship of Jericho with all of you for the third time on the Triple Whammy. I think it's giving us all something to look forward to in the middle of all this craziness in the world today. But you know this, you all have trust and faith in me and my vision, so I want you to be the first to know that after careful consideration and in-depth talks with both Six Man and Norwegian Cruise Lines, that we've made the difficult but necessary decision to postpone the Triple Whammy from February to October. Uh, even though February is still seven months away, guidelines are changing in all of our cities and I want to be extremely cautious and make sure that we can throw the epic party that you've come to expect from the Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Experience. I want everyone to be safe. I want everyone to have a great time. We do not do social distancing on the Rager. We hang out. We pack into Bar City and the casinos and we watch the, the, the matches and the rock and roll shows and the comedy shows. And we do that with uh, complete safety and health, health in mind. Um, so I want to give you that same experience, meeting all of your uh, favorite AEW stars, the Hall of Famers, the rock bands, the comedians, Chris Jericho himself, it's me. Uh, all of the things that make the Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea special and the best vacation ever, I want to keep that, uh, uh, keep that pristine. So as a result, we're moving from February to uh, October 21st to 25th, 2021. That's where we'll be setting sail. Same ports, Miami, Florida to Grand Bahama Island. 
It's on a new ship, the Norwegian Jewel, which has uh, all the same perks and amenities as, as, as the Pearl and the Jade, the two others that we've sailed on before. Uh, so think about that. October sailing, closer to Halloween. Maybe there's some more paranormal experiences. Uh, you know, we'll be looking into that. Uh, you just got to come and find out for yourself. I know we're sold out. All of your cabins are still there. It's just up to you guys to make the switch. So, and don't forget too, the beverage packages still included for free. So uh, there's gonna be a lot of info coming up about how to transfer your cabin. It's gonna be hitting your email inbox soon. So keep excited, get excited, and know this is gonna be even better in October of 2021. The triple whammy, all of you and me having the best vacation of a lifetime. We'll see you then. Don't you dare miss it. Oh yeah! So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. The Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager Part 3 is actually going to be happening in October of 2021 now. Instead oh. of the February 2021 like we had originally <laughs> planned. But uh, guaranteed, uh, we are still going to be there. Myself and uh, the spouse, we are definitely going to be there. Um, we've already transferred everything all over. Everything is good to go. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. And hopefully, you know, we can get back to some normalcy so that uh, this can happen. And as you heard Chris say on there, you know, it's a very much a you know, get together, everybody having a good time together. So you know, hopefully right. we can be over the majority of this before that's set to happen so that uh, this can all be done properly. So fingers crossed on that one. That's right. First, before we get into everything here, uh, Mr. Thing, thank you very much for stopping by. We truly appreciate that. And hello to you and to our longtime friend and listener, Don Lewis. Hey there, guys. He says, hey, Don, glad to have you back here again. Uh, I'm sure you can see on my screen here. He just posted um, it, yeah. yeah, you just yeah. you just put that there. That was for you, my friend. I knew that you would be on. I know that Eddie Guerrero is definitely your favorite, and I wanted to do something a little special for you today. And this, this is what it is, a little something special for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, uh, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling here, Carl. And, um, yeah, before we get to the bulk that I want to talk to you, you might notice uh, a little bit different here. Uh, I actually have some decent studio lighting now. You can probably notice that I'm uh, lit up uh, much better and I look a little bit more professional without the like lighting. Like a Christmas tree. And, uh, you know, we're I'm actually recording our audio with a, with a separate, with a different program now, and it, and it seems to be working well so that we don't have the hiccups that we've been having over the last few weeks. And now I also have access to to kind of tinker around a little bit with uh, the stuff in the broadcast too. So having said that, to get into our first topic here, this one um, kind of is uh, pretty special for us because this is a guy that you know we've had on, I believe, probably three or four times on this podcast now. Yeah. Um, and we're talking Mr. Dusty Gold. He has been really kind of working his way up here, and if you've been watching and listening to us for a little while, you know that we had Dusty on and that he had a try with OVW, and guess what, folks? He is going to be going full-time with Ohio Valley Wrestling. He's actually uprooting, and he's actually moving with his family up to Kentucky to do this, so it's uh, going to be quite the journey, and I figured that uh, they did put together a little video package for him here, so I'm going to try this for the first time here on the fly and see if I can make this uh, work here to <clears throat> you know, I'll uh, might as well share my entire screen. I'm sure there's probably a better way to do this, but I'm still getting used to this here. So let's uh, pull this up and we're going to play a promo that was done for Mr. Dusty Gold for OVW here. So I hope that this will work for us here. 
I said I was going to make a big announcement. That's exactly what I'm here to do. I will no longer be taking any indie bookings in August. And here's why. Here is exactly why I don't plan on taking any bookings. OVW, I'm going to become a full-time superstar for OVW. This jacket represents the past. And for me, I'm done with the past. I'm moving on to the future. It's going to be a new me. I'm uprooting my life, moving all the way to Louisville, Kentucky. I've had tons of great matches throughout my career here with Mecha Wolf, Matt Seidel, Brian Cage, all bangers. But now it's time to get to the national level, and OVW is going to deliver that for me. And I'm coming with more attitude, more grit. I put in the hard work, the resilience, and now the sacrifice is uprooting my life from my home. And I'm not afraid of sacrifice. But OBW, I don't think you're ready. Because I'm coming to set the standard and raise the bar. Come September, life's about to change. So I'm going to leave the past, right here, right now, and I'm going to move towards the future. So there we go, guys. Um, let me stop that and go back here. Yep, uh, some some cool stuff there from our friend Dusty Gold. As as I mentioned before here, Carl, one of the one of the coolest, most rewarding things about doing what we do here is running into somebody like Dusty Gold completely out of the blue. Uh, just uh, friend yeah. requested on Facebook, and then we had him on once, and then you know, not only got to to, to talk to this uh, gentleman here, but to essentially become friends uh, with somebody like us, and to see them work their way up into now be with a premier. A promotion like OVW again to, to work with Al Snow again to work with our friend Mr. Michael Melkor, our friend uh, Rick Vickery also involved with OVW. I mean, it reminds me of what we do, why we do what we do here, Carl. This is uh, fantastic. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, this is this is great news. Uh, mm-hmm. Another guy that we know is making his way to the big time, as you would say. Yeah. Um, like this is just fantastic. Don even throwing out his best of luck uh, as well. Um, you get very, very happy with everything that's been happening for Dusty Gold. I mean, this guy has earned it. It isn't anything that he deserves, but yep. he has earned it. And and he, you, you can't say anything more than that. I mean, he really has. He's earned all of this that, yep. that's being given to him right now. And with with the OVW, it's such a special thing there because if I'm not mistaken, um, it, it's essentially a very unique thing. It's essentially a fully accredited wrestling school where you 
basically you're almost getting like a degree in professional wrestling and, and learning from one of yep. the best and Al Snow. And we've talked about Al before and his philosophy of professional wrestling. A lot of the sentiments that I share, you know, um, the, the, res, the, the punch in wrestling, he's very old school in his mentality and everything and a tremendous amount of respect. So getting to, to work and pick his brain and work with the, with the producers and the other talent there as well. I mean, just uh, fantastic for him. And, I'm going to be watching OVW a lot more now that our friend Dusty Gold is uh, there. So I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. Let's move uh, away from that to some, dare I say, some bit of a comedic topic, <laughs> at least uh, uh, at first glance here. That's definitely how I feel about this. So we were talking about Mr. Seth Rollins and him claiming that we are currently in a golden age of professional wrestling. Oh my God, Carl, my head almost exploded when I saw this. It took me about 17 minutes to get up <laughs> off of the floor after falling over laughing. Mm-hmm. R- really? Yeah. Is, is this guy serious right now? Now, to be fair, and I'm not necessarily playing devil's advocate here, but outside of the WWE, you could make a bit of an argument that we've definitely seen an uptick in professional wrestling outside of the WWE, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, you know before COVID and all this uh, BS started going on, you know, we really saw an uptick in uh, the goings on in professional wrestling. But from a guy who's inside of the WWE bubble, like Seth Rollins, if this is a pers- his perspective on things, um, I don't know what to say. I really am at a loss for words uh, how he feels. If this is how he, if he thinks that WWE is part of this golden age of professional wrestling, he is sorely mistaken. I'll just come out right out and say it. Now, you and I both know that Seth Rollins <clears throat> really doesn't seem to uh, talk too much for himself, but seems to be very much so that yes man when it comes to yeah. uh, his work within the WWE. I am wondering who it was that told him I know. to say that. I have a pretty good idea of who it is here, Carl. Oh, I, I do too. Tell yeah. me. Bruce Tell Pritchard. Me right? It's Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. Um, and I will say, uh, if you want to post his uh, his comment up there, Carl. Uh, actually, I think I can do that. Uh, there we go. Uh, was saying, Golden Age of Wrestling. I thought that was the 80s. Arguably, you would be correct, sir. And I think most of us definitely share that sentiment that, yeah, the 80s, I would say 70s and 80s was the real kind of golden age of professional yeah. leading into that WrestleMania one where we really got to that mainstream appeal and started getting pay-per-views and on network television and whatnot. But Seth claiming, and especially if he's going to lump WWE into this, calling it the golden age, I mean, no chance. No chance. Is there any chance that... I want to give you a chance to do. Do you want to try and get behind him at all, or do you want to try and defend him at all? Or because I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if there is a way to, honestly. No. And and I hate to just <laughs> kind of, I hate to just kind of bash on him because you know, arguably as as a wrestling talent, I I, I think that he's fantastic, but yep. just he's being and there's no real PG way for me to put this, so I can't really say it, at least on this program. But um, I mean. If he was anywhere else, I mean, he would be a really, truly bona fide star. But this Monday Night Messiah thing, just it, it does nothing for me either. Just no. I think it's the wrong era. I think if it would have been done in a different era in WWE, maybe then it could have worked. But, I mean, he puts his foot in his mouth so many times on social media. And I think this is where this was coming from as well. You know, when he took shots at Will Ospreay, he looked like an idiot. You know, with this, he looks like an idiot. I mean... 
Like, do do we need Chris Jericho to come and call this guy an idiot? He would come and call him a stupid, stupid idiot. idiot. Right? So, yeah, it, it just I think it's just another example of WWE just kind of being tone deaf to what's really going on. Yeah, and, that's exactly it. And just getting Seth, they're, they're just, you know, shoving my friends say, hey, you, you, you talk. So maybe, maybe they think that it looks better coming from him. I don't know. Probably. I, I would a hundred percent agree that that's, that's what's happened is that, you know, like he's, he seems to be the face right now of the yeah. company. Um, whether people like it or not, he, he really seems to be right. And, uh, having him go out to say something like that, it looks a lot better than, yeah. um, <clears throat> anyone within the company actually going out to say that um even dawn yeah he, he says that he can't get behind him or the wwe yep. uh with that being said yep. so um it's because it's to the to the point where yeah and he just made he the just list. made the list absolutely he just made the list <laughs> and it's to the point where he's like none of what you would really want wrestling he's not this really larger than life persona that you're in awe of and on the other aspect, the, the totally the other spectrum, he's not even somebody that we can relate to uh, on, on a really kind of level. No. So it, it doesn't work on, on any level. And it's just really unfortunate because I think in the ring, I mean, he could probably hold his own with Kenny Omega, you know, with Osprey, with the, the list kind of goes on and on. But it's just like he's the right guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Exactly. That's what it feels he like. is, and you're right. He can go toe to toe with any of those guys. He definitely ring. can, absolutely, and put on an amazing show. He definitely would. But in, in in what he's stuck doing right now within the WWE, just isn't working. Yeah. It's it's more of a character, and not really allowing him to showcase what he can do, yeah. or even allowing him to showcase what he can do through that character. It seems to be a very rigid and very mm. planned out type of character that he's been given. And it's a you go out there and you do this and you don't do anything more type of thing that leaves him leaves him left in the dirt yep. because all these other companies are building and growing and getting bigger and bigger and he's being left behind. Yep. I just I think he needs a little bit of uh, humbleness I think too, and since the Iron Sheik is no longer available, uh, what I would propose uh, if it was absolutely possible, uh, if WWE would be more willing to work with some other promotions, which we'll actually get later to later in the program, uh, some companies actually doing that. Uh, let Seth go over into the G1, and I would definitely try and ally things to to get Seth in the ring with Mr. Minoru Suzuki. He would humble uh, Mr. Seth Rollins and maybe change his oh, viewpoint yeah. a little bit. I think. <laughs> oh, I. I agree. Get murder grandpa to teach him a thing or two. All right, here, Carl. Uh, let's go into our next WWE topic here. Uh, this one is a bit of an oddball, too, uh, at least in my opinion. But, you know, we can maybe uh, this could be up for debate. We we're talking Mr. Edge and Daniel Bryan are now writing storylines for the WWE. What's your initial take on this before we get into some of the deets? I'm I'm good with this. If they're going to allow them mm-hmm. to actually go in and write and not rewrite everything that they have written uh-huh. then i am okay with that um honestly you've got two really great minds in the in the world of professional wrestling in ever in the business right there yeah. i mean daniel bryan that whole yes movement thing that he did respect the beard as you see on on the shirt there yeah. um like i mean all of that was fantastic 
Edge, again, another guy that, that can really transform things, can go from being, uh, you know, a, uh, th- this this vampire in, in a brood to becoming the rated R superstar and, and really able to showcase what he can do. Yeah. Um, I think with these two at the helm doing writing, um, I think it would be fantastic as long as they don't kibosh everything that they write that's my worry and those worries are very justified we know that that's how Vince operates how I kind of look at this here Carl uh, I'll use a sport as an example let's say football because it tends to happen quite a bit in football where we have players who then become coaches and it really seems to be a mixed bag of success when it comes to this when players go from their playing days to like coaching days and a lot of times it really works, and a lot of times it's a total friggin' disaster. And with these guys, I, I, I just think I, I'll use the expression again. I, I think I think it's the the right idea in the right direction, but wrong place and wrong time. Uh, with it being in WWE currently, with Vince at the helm and Vince seemingly being very rigid and being very controlling these days, and with Bruce right near the top as well calling the shots, these guys don't stand a chance with the writing here, Carl. They don't stand a chance. I hope you're wrong. That's about all I can say to that. Yeah. I, I hope you are wrong. Yeah. And I, I would like to be wrong. I really would. But I mean, I'm I'm basing off of what's currently going on and some of their ideas might get through, but they might not be the original ideas. They're going to get tweaked by Vince. And that's my, my concern. I, I think there's some potential for some goodness there, but I'm just worried it'll get kiboshed by the old man. Yeah, and and like I said, I mean that's that's my worry too. My worry yeah. is that they're going to bring phenomenal stuff to them, and then it's all just going to be uh, rewritten, and, and we're not even going to see anything that these two great minds have yeah. come up with. Yeah, you know, just just general stuff, and then let the talent uh, improvise. But it just it's not the way that uh, WWE is being done currently. We, we've seen a lot of criticism, you know, most notably recently. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, where Eric Young was talking about his time in WWE and just how the creative process is completely broken. And, you know, again, that's, you know, bringing these two into that. Just uh, I fear that, you know, this might um, definitely drive Edge away and uh, might make Daniel question his choice to stay with WWE and maybe not go back to Ring of Honor or uh, experiment elsewhere. But, you know, time will tell. We'll just have to see. But my expectations are extremely low, unfortunately. And And I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I really do. All right, Carl, let's go outside of WWE for some of this next stuff here, just some more positive stuff. Let us talk a little bit about some New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay, New Japan. What's been happening over in New Japan Pro Wrestling? And I just wanted to give a brief shout-out on this one. Uh, this past, Actually, this week, uh, coming up, I believe it's either going to be today or tomorrow that Jargo will put it out, but I was a uh, guest on Destino, the New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, and we got to talk about some of the current goings-on in New Japan, and specifically a show that uh, just happened on July 25th called Sengoku Lord in Nagoya. Um, for those wondering what that means, uh, that was a wrestling show done in Nagoya, Japan, and it's, it was called Sengoku Lord. I don't know exactly what that name means, but um, I, I can look into that uh, maybe for folks for next week. But to, to kind of get into it uh, briefly here, just it was uh, a really well done show. We're, we're having fans for every show now for these New Japan shows. And it is a little bit different because essentially what they're telling the fans is to not 
go crazy. Like they, because you can tell. The, obviously, the fans have some pent up energy, but they're essentially just telling fans to just kind of, you know, not necessarily kind of muting their response, but they want them to just kind of be there and but just not to be yelling and screaming. Which, which, I mean, that's kind of a new Japan crowd, anyways. Yeah, I, I'm. I, that's what I was gonna say. So, the normal New Japan Pro yeah. Wrestling crowd isn't very uh, exuberant, yeah. I guess you could say. I mean, they are, but they show it in a totally different way. And uh, yeah. you know, the jumping up and and you Hooping know, and in the air and the screaming and the yelling, like that's that's a North American thing, mm-hmm. uh, mostly, right? Yeah. Um, really, not something that we've seen from New Japan. So, nope. yeah, I guess it'll be an easy transition for them mm-hmm. in that respect. Yep. So we'll talk a few uh, to highlight some of the matches that happened here. Uh, the first one I think is definitely worthwhile of mentioning. We had a six-man tag match between... Ra- I'm going to try on some of these names. I'm getting better with the Japanese uh, names here, so bear with me. We had uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, uh, Kojima, and Togi Makabe versus Gabriel Kidd and Toriyano and Toro, uh, sorry, Tomohiro Ishii. And what they're doing here is they're really... It's kind of the deal with doing Japan wrestling right now, they're really pushing the young lions because there's actually a really good class of them coming up here. And near the end of this match, they're really setting up a thing between Togi Makabe and Gabriel Kidd. Now, if you're fairly new to J- new Japan pro wrestling, and you want to see uh, these young lions work, this Gabriel Kidd kid, essentially <laughs> uh, direct pun there, but uh, he is one of these, absolutely fantastic young lions that is going to be somebody special in wrestling may not end up staying in new Japan, but he may go elsewhere and do some things. But, uh, uh, this guy has some real potential and they're setting up a few between him and Makabe. And uh, that's going to be interesting to see. And another one that's really worth noticing here. And one thing with new Japan pro wrestling too, right now that I'll mention some of the real marquee names like Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, Kota Ibushi, uh, Okada, a lot of these guys are kind of at the wayside. They're kind of in the background right now, and they're really trying to elevate some of the uh, undercard talent. And it's been really interesting to see. And one that was uh, very interesting was the semi-final match between Shingo Tagagi and El Desperado for that Never Open Weight Championship. This was a match that... Um, you guys just need to go check out. This was actually uh, a fantastic match, and it's actually going to come up later in the program, a little bit of a spoiler alert. But, uh, yeah, a f- absolutely fantastic show. Uh, the only, Like I said, the only weird kind of thing kind of going on with New Japan right now is that the focus seems to be away from, you know, your Tanahashis and, and all the big kind of names that were trying to elevate the undercard, which uh, is very interesting because it's very unlike a lot of other wrestling to see, especially in the WWE. Uh and uh, I, I have to applaud in Japan for, you know, even guys like um, your guy that you had uh, to win the New Japan. Uh, it was at Yota Suji. Uh, yeah. I believe that's his name. Uh, yeah, they're doing much with him. They have him at ringside doing stuff all the time. Uh, he seems to be a guy that really likes to kind of get in there and, and uh, do a lot of the extra kind of work. And that'll serve himself. That'll serve him uh, very well later on in the business as well. And just, yeah, it's been really cool seeing a, a big company like this really kind of pushing for the undercard and uh it's been I'm, I'm digging it you know what i definitely am too it seems as though that new japan pro wrestling does know and understand that they have bona fide stars within the company <clears throat> but that they need 
to ensure that they have the future stars as well. And that is exactly what they seem to be doing right now is they are building these future stars as opposed to just running with their big names and uh, letting their big names try to make the money for them. It's not going to happen. You have to allow your younger stars, your young lions, as they are sometimes referred to as, you have to let them go out there and start to shine a little bit because how else are people going to know who they are? That is the best way to do it. And right now I think that it is fantastic that they're putting a little bit more emphasis onto these uh unknown names mm-hmm. within the company which is only going to help when all of these top name stars start to retire we're going to have our bona fide stars mm-hmm. again because quite frankly carl they've been kind of forced to do this uh, because they, they are actually running a, a large number of shows like pretty much like every other day we're, we're doing some type of show over in new japan and the list of talent is a bit on the short side so I'm hoping that relatively soon some of the travel restrictions can kind of be lifted. So guys that are not native to Japan but that live in Japan, guys like Osprey and whatnot, can kind of get back in there and boost the roster a little bit. And then hopefully, you know, the rest of the guys like Tomatonga and Tongaloa and those kind of guys can get back in there. Jeff Cobb and get like get Moxley over there again. So we can kind of beef up the roster because we're at it we're at a, a point here, Carl, where we're running so many shows that we're starting to see a lot of repetition starting to creep in there. So um, we don't want to start getting into SmackDown territory with these guys. So hopefully these travel restrictions can kind of be lifted a little bit. And if you want to hear more uh, about uh, this kind of going on and some more of the details coming from somebody who knows a lot more about New Japan Pro Wrestling, make sure you tune in to Destino with Michael Jargo. And um, you'll hear a lot about New Japan. And he's really going to uh, keep on this and uh, update everybody about what's going on. So um, yeah, right now... Big Joe is learning this platform. (laughs) He has controls for things right now. I think right now will be a good time for us to take a small commercial break. And this week, I'm going to let Joe choose which commercial we're going to air for the first commercial of the episode. All right, let's do this one here for uh, something a little bit different. Hi, my name is Barry Radcliffe. You might recognize me from such films as The Longest Ride or Ted 2. Now, as a successful actor, I have two planes, a supermodel wife, countless exotic cars, and a ton of cash. You might think it couldn't get any better than this, but you'd be wrong for only $4.99. You could get OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. That's OVWWrestlingNetwork.com for only $4.99. Now, will your life be as good as this? No! Will it be better? Yes, and I guarantee that. That's not valid anywhere. OVWWrestlingNetwork.com is only $4.99. Tomorrow's yesterday is today. Prices so low, they're insane. What more angrier, oh. but well, so do I at OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. It's only $4.99 a month. In between excitement, me too. OVWWrestlingNetwork.com is only $4.99 a month. You get that incredible value. She cost me $17 million and I loved it. Want a real value? OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. It's only $4.99. That's a price so low. Well, it's insane. <laughs> So there you go. I thought that one was appropriate since we were talking about Mr. Dusty Gold at the beginning. Yep. That, um, I, I mean, agree. Five bucks a month for uh, for OVW, I think that's a pretty sweet deal, honestly. That is. And you get I to mean, considering them. the WWE Network right now, you're looking 15 bucks. Yeah. Um, what's New Japan's? Uh, they're right around the same price as WWE. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, and they're two of the biggest 
companies in the entire world right now you've got ovw that's still uh making its way and climbing the rank so to speak and uh for five bucks a month yep that's that's like that's nothing getting to see the future stars today which i think is actually i think it's actually one of their uh catch lines actually it is yep so uh, next up here, Carl, let's talk a little NWA and specifically Mr. Uh, Nick Aldis, who, if you guys have been paying attention or been following us since the beginning, we actually talked to Nick uh, going, what, five years ago now? Yeah, about five, five years. years. It's been a while. Uh, hopefully someday we can get Nick back on the program. And I thought that I would uh, share uh, a little statement that he put out. Uh, this is Nick. Uh, it's not so much about the state of, of the, the, the company necessarily. I, I think Nick just wanted to kind of address the NWA fans about uh, kind of what's going on here. So I'll do my best to kind of uh, read uh, this here without stumbling too much. Uh, You're also probably aware that we have suffered a major hit to momentum between the pandemic and other unfortunate circumstances. But I'm here to remind you that I'm not the angry young man in his 20s anymore. I'm a thick-skinned, experienced man who has weathered storms before and knows how to do it. I'm also telling you that the major difference between the pre-NWA, Nick, and the current version is you, the fans. The fans who took a chance on a bold new strategy of focusing on one match, one champion, one challenger, and one prize. The fans who sold out the GPB studios over and over for NWA Power, the most authentic alternative in the business. The fans who stuck their flags in the ground on my island and said, this is where I want to be, this is where I want to be a wrestling fan the most. And I want you to know how much I appreciate it, and I have no intention of letting you down, and together we can find that momentum again. So yeah, some very positive, some very reassuring words from Mr. Nick Aldis regarding the NWA. But, Carl, um, I fear that these guys might not be dead in the water, but we're on life support with this company, unfortunately. Because uh, we saw a lot of reports that... uh, that the basically the ownership wants to get out while the gun's good, maybe take the money and run. Um, it, it's uh, I'm worried that uh, these guys might not be around much longer. You know what? I am too. Yeah. Um, and it's very unfortunate. I know that um, Billy Corgan, Corgan. Um, that's the is, name I can think of it now. Yeah, Billy Corgan yeah. is you know, he, he's he's wishy-washy i guess you could almost kind of say i mean he did kind of put out that statement that said we're not going anywhere uh nothing's wrong everything's fine um but again like that stuff that we've heard from other companies as well before they kind of went under um so i'm i'm really really hoping that this isn't the case with the nwa because i i'm I'm a, I'm a fan of everything that the NWA has been doing. Uh, these studio shows that they have been putting on have just been fantastic. The old school approach, the no no music coming out, just you know the stars coming out, being announced, having everything right there in one central area is is so great for for cost savings. Yeah. That yeah, like I I really really hope that this is not the case that they're. Um, going to be going under at all and even nick's statement there kind of almost doesn't 100 percent solidify either because he's saying you know like uh, i'm not a young guy anymore uh i've done my time in the business uh i'm very thick-skinned now so and, and this isn't something that i haven't you know had to face before um, which almost kind of alludes to maybe there is something that's going to be happening but nick aldis is going to overcome it 
the only way, especially if we're talking Billy Corgan, I think the only way that that ownership stays around is if Billy Corgan has that much money to kind of not necessarily throw away, but to throw around without much return on his dollar. Um, that that's the only way I, I can see that being okay is if that he's okay just forking out the money, but just not getting much of a return on it. Uh, if that's the case, then I, I think that it can stick around. But I mean, unless some other money mark or somebody else can kind of take over uh, the ownership and, and keep this ship going, I fear that the NWA might uh, be suffering another death here. And I, I hate to see it because they, they have a very cool kind of alternative. And, you know, yeah, they're not really, they're, they're not really on cable television. They're not put on big, massive pay-per-views. They're on YouTube. And that in itself uh, is a bit of a problem because uh, YouTube doesn't really generate a whole lot of revenue for a company like this. You know, they had that initial really big peak there, but it, it kind of plateaued. And... Yeah, no. Obviously, we'll, we'll keep watching these guys to see what happens here. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm worried for these guys, and it'd be a shame because the more alternatives, the more competition, the more it kind of elevates the whole wrestling business, and in any business in general, yeah. when there's more a lot of healthy competition, it should make everybody better. And this definitely had that effect. And um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be sad to see it go. Definitely, it would be my only worry and concern is that if somebody does decide to come in and. Uh, uh, you know, be that uh, sugar daddy, let's say, yeah. for the company. Um, I fear that things are going to change because this other person is now saying, well, I'm footing the bill. This mm-hmm. is what I want to see. Um, and then things are, are definitely going to be different when it comes to the NWA. And sure. I, I really don't want to see that. I yeah. don't want to see that. Yeah, because I think uh, Billy kind of just let other minds that were there to, to kind of help steer you know he would probably pitch in a few ideas but i think he really let the like the wrestling people kind of run things and uh you know we definitely saw it uh, as a positive yeah, there's some kind of wonky things here and there but i mean that's like that with any place but uh you know hopefully they can survive that's all i can say and uh, hopefully it doesn't go under because it's it's such a new thing and uh hate to see it uh, go away all right carl uh let's get to our next segment here let's do our match of the week segment here we go See, I'm learning. Um, <laughs> all right, match of the week segment here, Carl. Um, I think I went last week, and maybe a couple weeks in a row now. So I'm going to let you go first and uh, give everybody your pick for the match of the week for uh, this current week in professional. Sure. Um, as always, this is our pick of what we have watched yes. from professional wrestling this past week, uh, not necessarily what simply aired or what actually happened this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually watching the WWE Network, and um, I had a I have a second screen mm-hmm. up on my second screen while I'm doing work for the podcast, trying to get things all set up for here. I had a um, Jake the Snake Roberts uh, mm. video collection that the WWE put together from the network, and I was watching that. Yeah. And honestly, a couple of the matches that were on there. Uh, years ago are from Jake the Snake Roberts and King Kong Bundy. Nice. Um, there were two matches that had happened there, specifically the one that I found the most entertainment in. And I think it was probably because we had um, Bobby the Brain Heenan uh, on commentary. Um, I mean, it, it, it was just fantastic to see uh, the snake, the python, 
there was a hole in the bag and the python continuously kept poking its head up through that through that hole just kept poking its head up through that hole and and they would pan over to that every once in a while as as if like oh oh the snake is out and then it's like oh wait no it's still in the bag okay whoo okay and then uh mouth of the south jimmy hart was there and i mean he's always a character as well but it didn't take away from the actual match itself uh jake the snake roberts and king kong bundy two of my favorites of all time and they really put on a good show so yeah i I was i was just loving watching jake the snake and king kong bundy nice that's one thing that i can't fault wwe for these um compilations and stuff that they do and uh, the production or based around that they do a fantastic job with that they always have and um yeah was some good great choices and i mean damn it, it's hard to find anything bad uh, when it comes to Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, yeah. Uh, for myself, I hinted at it earlier, but uh, my match for uh, match of the week for this week is coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is where I've been watching the majority of my wrestling. From the July 25th, Sengoku Lord in Nagoya. I'm getting better with the Japanese names. Um, the match between Shingo Tagagi and El Desperado for the Never Openweight Championship match that went just over 17 minutes. Guys, this is just 17 minutes of wrestling perfection from two guys that are really being elevated in this company they are going to be marquee names in professional wrestling great psychology um just i mean it, it just had everything that you would want in a professional wrestling match just uh, do yourself a favor if you're still not watching new japan and you want a, a good a place to start this is uh, a good place to start check out this match and um you will be very very impressed these are two uh shingo shingo this is a guy carl if New Japan can't hold on to this guy, he's going to be in demand like pretty much anywhere. He reminds me of like a bigger Shinsuke Nakamura type of character, and yep. he just embodies like he has a lot of other aspects. It's it's like somebody took like really cool things from a bunch of wrestlers and just crammed it all into one dude. That's what it feels like with Shingo, and it's absolutely fantastic. Definitely is again. If you haven't, go to YouTube and just look up New Japan Pro Wrestling and just watch any of the stuff that they have on there. Make a decision for yourself as to if this is what you like. And then uh, if you if you want to subscribe Mm -hmm. to the uh, the New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, network that they have, because it's all just fantastic. Yes, Carl. Well, before we do our showstopper segment, we have some breaking news. Cool, I like that one. Uh, You're first getting up, super good with this. I am starting to get pretty good at this. Um, yeah, maybe if I have to do this by myself, I might be might uh, be able to pull off a decent show. Uh, although it's not the same without uh, without Carl. Absolutely. Uh, let's start off with going from a guy in uh, WWE talking about a place that he used to work at. We're talking Mr. AJ Styles talking about TNA and what he felt was the the major downfall of uh, TNA. And he has it narrowed down to one person here, Carl, and we're talking Dixie Carter. Now, would you agree with the sentiment that uh, Dixie was the death move for TNA or were there other factors at play here? I would say that Dixie Carter was a contributing factor to it. Mm -hmm. Um her allowing Hulk Hogan to come in, yes. I think was exactly where the problem came. Yep. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a fan of Hulk Hogan. I know that my, you know, I know that that guy over there, um, he, he really <laughs> no. isn't, No, but I, no. I'm a fan of Hulk Hogan. No. I, I mean, 
I always wanted to say my prayers, eat my vitamins and do my training. I really did. But I think that when Hulk Hogan came in, he just had um, a lot of stuff that has been played out in the past before that he tried really bringing into now that really didn't work. Nice. Yeah, uh, it's. I wonder if there's information about there exactly what they are paying him in TNA. I'd be really curious to find out what that dollar amount was to see how much they are paying Hogan. Because if if it's what I'm thinking, it was. It could have been a financial death move for that company. Because I mean, a company like that, they weren't really in a position to dish out that much money, especially to just one person. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's fair to necessarily place all the blame on Dixie. I think I think it was kind of a group. Uh, effort that uh, yeah. caused the downfall, and just bringing in the um, you know the the Hogans the uh, and whatnot to do what they did there, and it just it it, it kind of uh, spelled the end uh, for, for them there. Uh, next up here, Carl, outside of TNA and everything and whatnot, this is something that uh, is uh, over in Japan, and we're seeing something here that is rather interesting. Here we are looking at a combination of Pro Wrestling Noah. DDT, which are those of you, uh, if the DT sounds familiar, uh, think of uh, Kenny Omega wrestling the uh, the blow-up doll. That's what I'm uh, talking about, uh, DT. But they do more than that. DT actually does some cool stuff there. Uh, Tokyo Women's and Gun Pro Wrestling are all joining together to form a larger promotion called CyberFight. Um, this is very interesting because it's a combination of a lot of the other big-name promotions in um, Japan. And this, Carl, pretty much squashes any hope of NXT Japan. This is um, that this puts the kibosh to that essentially, unless uh, WWE can pull off some kind of major power move, which I don't think you can really do at this point, especially if this does come to fruition. No, you really there isn't. I mean, I don't think that there's really any way now for um, NXT to really get their way over there. This is just these are powerhouses of companies that are now all coming together yep. to create w- one collective essentially yep. uh, still running separate promotions, yep. but coming together collectively to uh, probably do bigger shows, um, be able to take from, you know, one company and, you know, have over in another company and have, uh, you know, matches between stars from the different companies coming around. Definitely, like, I mean, that's that's fantastic. And I don't, honestly, I don't think that that's really anything that's going to um, be able to happen with mm-hmm. NXT and the WWE at all. Yep. And, and this is a trend that I'd like to see trickle over into North America. Uh, I think there's a lot of promotions that could really benefit from this kind of approach, uh, you know, banding together like three or four or more promotions uh, under one kind of banner. I think especially during these times, it could be a wise move. We've already seen a little bit of it with uh, Ring of Honor and NWA in New Japan. Well, that's that's a little bit of a different uh, deal there. But uh, um, I, I think some of these companies banding together could uh, be really interesting. You could see some interesting matchups. And I think just kind of sharing the load there a little bit too, maybe possibly even financially, uh, could be a benefit. So it could work on, on multiple levels. And uh, we'll, we'll wait and see if it's... Uh, if it does happen and um because i think everybody would benefit from that i think fans would as well and uh don uh saying that he's uh, been actually enjoying some new japan which is cool and uh now did the japanese companies do this so ww couldn't get xt over there um that is a definite possibility don um because i, I just i don't think that that 
the WWE style really uh, necessarily gets over with the, the Japan fans. It's a cool thing once in a while, but they don't really want that on a regular basis. That's not the Japanese way. Just isn't. That's right. All right, Carl. Well, we're going to take a brief break here. And, no. And so no. Carl has I have else. breaking news. Carl has breaking news. I almost forgot about this. Yeah. Yes. What do you got? So uh, Vince McMahon was was interviewed, and he was asked about uh, the possibility of WWE returning to a country in 2020 huh. uh, for shows. Um, and he was pretty pretty much asked this at uh, and and gave his answer at the annual shareholders meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the shareholders are asking him, "Is this going to happen?" And the answer was, "Oh." That's a possibility. Obviously, Saudi, Saudi Arabia, has been going through what we in America have been going through. As far as COVID's concerned, Uh, right now, I think they're doing a little bit better than we are in the United States. Considerably better. So, there's a possibility that will we still get that... (laughs) Some odd yeah, wording that's, there. That's uh, that's so. There's a possibility that will we will still get a show <laughs> in before the end of the year, right. as for scheduled or as was scheduled. Sorry, uh, but we're not certain because you know who can be certain about what COVID nineteen is going to do. Man, so that's uh, pretty much Vince McMahon is saying. Hey, there's a possibility they're doing good over there, and uh, we're hoping that we can be over there. And uh, the possibilities are looking good, uh, but nobody can be certain. Uh, never say never in this business. Right. You know what I think of this could be here, Carl? Maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but maybe they want to almost kind of move and maybe stay there for a little while, especially uh, if say in Saudi they're allowed to have fans in, at these shows. They might have an extended stay over there. That's a possibility, but I, I don't know how much uh, talent you're actually going to have over there. Uh, a lot of the talent is very much so displeased with yeah. um, the WWE and anything that is happening with the uh, uh, Saudi shows. So, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I think a lot of people might go, I'm out and go somewhere else, which I think honestly would kind of benefit some of uh, uh, some of these certain talents. All right, yeah. Carl. Now can we take our break and then uh, come yep. to our stopper segment? All right. Let's, we uh, sure can. Let us uh, hear from our friends over at CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Wrestling. Wrestling. What does wrestling mean to me? It's something I always wanted. Always. 
What wrestling means to me is an escape. What does professional wrestling mean to me? It means life. All my life, I've been hit a pit. I've been struggling with my voice and my hearing. Wrestling means so much to me because when I'm in the ring, I'm not that girl who can't hear. I'm not that girl who speaks a little differently. You know, I guess what wrestling really means to me is freedom. Growing up, I always wanted to be more like the other girls, a bit smaller, a bit more petite. I didn't feel like I fitted in until I found pro wrestling and then suddenly there was somewhere that I did fit in. What does pro wrestling mean to me? It means family. Professional wrestling to me means strength. Not just physical strength, but emotional and mental strength. Having the strength to go out there and show the world who you are. In the real world, you know, I have to hide. I have to fake. I have to put on a mask. But a wrestling I can be strong, or I can be weak. Wrestling to me means life. It's my life. It's everything I know. It's everything I do. I wake up and go to sleep, and I breathe wrestling. I am wrestling. Believe, that's what wrestling means to me. <laughs> Discipline, sacrifice, and devotion. Wrestling was always my dream since I was little and you know I come from a little country in Italy, a very small town and nobody believed that I was able to leave Italy and come in America and train art to be a professional wrestler but that was I did. So what wrestling means to me is passion. And wrestling truly to me means empowerment and fun because I don't have a better time than when I'm in that ring. Professional wrestling has brought me so much joy. I, I just can't even put it into words sometimes. Wrestling to me is the biggest constant in my life. Everything I do revolves around it. My diet, my training, in the gym, in the ring, whatever have you. Wrestling means to me is that it's something that you can express yourself with without any judgment. For me, I want women's wrestling to not be women's wrestling. I want it to be wrestling. It's shown me strength and courage and power and to be completely untouchable. Plain and simple, what professional wrestling means to me is, is everything. I wouldn't give up what I do on a nightly basis for anything else in this world. Wrestling is freedom and I am born free. Collar and elbow. The wrestling brand. There you go, guys. A little word from our friends over at Color Elbow. I'm actually uh, sporting one of their shirts right now. Uh, yeah, some fantastic. I love that second segment. You really get to see the mindset of all these wrestlers from all over the world and just what wrestling really means to uh, these talents. And uh, for some, just it's uh, it, it doesn't always necessarily mean the same thing for everybody. Some it's like it's therapeutic. For some, it's excitement and. Uh, it just yeah, it's really cool to see all these different uh, flavors and all these different uh, uh, takes on what wrestling means to people. It's just it's a it's always cool. I've always dug that segment. 
It definitely is. And uh, as you see down in the ticker below there, people, if you do decide that you want something from Collar and Elbow, go to CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Use promo code JKPODCAST and you're going to get 10% off your entire order. They have recently put out some new merchandise, some new hats, and some new shirts as well. Go there. Every time that you make an order from them, you are helping to support us here at the podcast. Yes, absolutely here, Carl. All right, let us get to our showstopper segment. This week for our showstopper segment, I had something completely different in mind until we sat down here and uh, we're kind of uh, testing what we're going to do earlier on in the show here. And Carl brought up something really cool, and I was like, yeah, we got to do that instead. It was a fantastic idea. We're talking about training to become a professional wrestler. To start, start to train to become a professional wrestler, but now supposedly you can do this online without being there in person. Um, tell me a little bit about where this idea kind of came from uh, with all these sh- all the shenanigans here, Carl. Where did this Where did this idea come from? Well, before I put it up onto the screen here, I'm going to uh, read off what it says here because it's a little bit small for people to see, I think. But yep. uh, we'll show you exactly who this is afterwards. But uh, <clears throat> it says uh, who this person is. I am so looking forward to getting to know all my real fans right here on OnlyFans. Thank you so much for all the support. I guarantee this pro wrestling tutorial series and I'm not going to say the name just yet because it'll give it away, uh, will be truly uh, an eye-opening experience for all aspiring pro wrestlers. You'll truly learn things that can't be taught. Thanks for allowing me the chance to give back, enjoy, and that's Amore. Okay. So Enzo Amore has decided that he is going to use his only fans platform to be able to give what he is calling uh you can't teach that ink um a truly eye-opening experience for any aspiring pro wrestler being taught things that you uh or learn things that you can't be taught um yeah and apparently this is free to follow so if anybody uh Hmm. wants to go take a look at this um you're gonna go to uh, onlyfans.com and you're going to search out the letters N Z O. Yes. I'm Canadian. I said Z N Z O. Um, and that's going to take you to it. And apparently you can follow for free. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there we go. There is the, <laughs> the, the showstopper question from Don Lewis. <laughs> How can you learn wrestling online? Before you know, get getting into the details, I'm trying to think of something else to kind of compare this to. I you pretty much use anything. It would be like, say, learning how to drive a car without a car. Um, it would be like learning how to shoot a gun without a gun. Um, it would be like how to learn shooting a basketball without a basketball or a basket or a hoop to throw it to. I mean, this just I, I don't get this, Carl. I mean, other than is this just a like a cash grab? Are, are people that gullible? But that's the thing that there is uh, like no cash. It's a free subscription. So this guy isn't even getting paid to do this. Um, like I, I really don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how this is even going to work. Now, maybe, maybe he's going to be doing something on uh, mic work 
right? Because, I mean, Enzo wasn't too, too bad on the mic. So, you know, to be taught something like that, I could I can totally understand. I can get behind that. But to to really teach how to take a bump, to teach how to throw a punch, yeah. to teach how to do a power bomb, a hip toss, uh, a leg lock, an arm bar, um, any of Chris Jericho's one thousand and four moves. Right. I mean, we we I, I without physically doing them, uh, I don't know how somebody can be taught to do that. <sighs> yep. Uh, it, it's uh, as our friend Don is saying, it's uh, so backwards. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't disagree with you on that. I just I, I'm 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 trying to 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 really kind of think about this and try and and understand, but I I just I I really don't. Or are, are we maybe reading too much in this? Like I I am so confused with this whole idea of training to be a wrestler online. Um, just, I don't know of really anything else. Uh, I'm just, I'm thinking maybe because I'm thinking of myself, because I'm a very much like a practical learner. If I'm being taught something, especially if, it, if it's something physical, I need to like do it right at that moment. Otherwise it's forgotten and it's not really learned properly. I just, I have no earthly idea how you could train somebody say to take a, a suplex online. I don't know how you can do that. I think Don hits it right on the head here. He's trying to keep his name out there. Maybe. Maybe trying to make himself relevant again. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just I, I, again, I'm not understanding how um, I didn't learn how to be a professional wrestler online or being told how to do things. I had to physically get in the ring. I had to run the ropes. I had to take the bumps. I had to do all of this stuff. Oh. I, 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 I don't understand how this is going to happen. Mm hmm. It's interesting, too, that he used the term you can't teach that. Because um, if I'm not mistaken, I think WWE has a bit of a trademark on that. Uh, so that might uh, not go over well. And he's showing the WWE Cruiserweight thing still on his, uh, that, that's Twitter, I'm assuming, right? Um, that's OnlyFans. Yeah. He's obviously still latching on to this. So he's still trying to relive the, the glory days, if you want to call them that. It's like th th this guy just sits... He just refuses to move on. It's like he's still butthurt about what happened there. That is that cruiserweight championship is Enzo's championship. Yeah, it that is was. his. Yeah. So I mean, so he's he's touring to? around. He's traveling with that championship. Any shows that he's going to, he's he's carrying that championship with him. See, now this brings up a, a greater question, something I think we can kind of investigate. I think it's a worthwhile topic because I'm sure it comes up more often because these wrestlers, when they win a title, they, they get to keep a personal one for themselves regardless of whether they stay with the company or not, right? That's right. Now, are they allowed to use this to make themselves money once they leave the company? I doubt it. Because that's kind of what he's doing here with this. Right. Right. So I'm pretty sure that Vince would uh, be uh, sending a letter if he were saying, hey, you know, I'm former WWE Cruiserweight champion Enzo Amore. Uh, come and learn how to wrestle online. Um, yeah. It's, I, I don't think that you can use the, these things to further yourself after you leave the company. Well, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely we'll take a look into it. But I I, I mean, anybody can say, like, I, I am a uh, former um, – champion and, yeah. and and i can i can always say that i am right yeah. like and i can say you know like hey come and learn from carl carafel you know former superior wrestling alliance uh canadian heavyweight champion 
Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's yeah. Because but uh, if wh- you're going out and and taking bookings and and accepting money for showing up with a championship, yeah, that's if that's issue. something that's a stipulation that you need to show up with that championship, then that's a totally different story because now you're misrepresenting yourself and the company of the WWE. That's right. Because people are going to think that Enzo is the cruiserweight champion within the WWE and, and associate those two together. That's where things can come into, into issues and problems. Mm-hmm. Because we're also seeing, uh, I believe, uh, I hope I'm getting his name right to former WWE talent, Zach Ryder, which I think he's going by his actual name now, uh, Matt Cord- uh, Cardona. Um, it looks like he's taken that internet uh, championship to, to impact. Um, now that one, I, I think, is a little bit different because this is something he created himself, right? But it's still right. affiliated with the WWE, kind of. So that that one's kind of wishy washy. I, I wonder what uh, might come of that. Nothing will come of that because WWE owns absolutely nothing to okay. the Internet Championship. Okay. Um. Uh. And now, difference like the uh, <clears throat> the WWE um, New Day and the Up Up Down Down Championship. Mm-hmm. Well, the WWE is producing replicas of that belt so that's now a wwe owned thing whereas uh, zach Ryder's internet championship that is zach Ryder's, and the only way that it showed up on any type of wwe television was when zach Ryder was uh you know he would bring it out to the ring once in a while definitely yes but uh this whole internet series that he had going on that's where it was used okay so yeah, I mean that's that's his. So I mean, there's really nothing that can be done on on that end when it comes to Zack Ryder and the Internet Championship. He can take that anywhere he wants. Cool. Answer my question all in one shot. That's why I like having a co-host that knows what he's talking about. <laughs> I right. try. All right, man. Uh, before we wrap it up for this week, is there anything else you want to cover, or, or if anybody in the the chat, if there's anything else that. Uh, is on your mind when it comes to professional wrestling, go ahead and, uh, and post something and uh, we can maybe take a few more minutes. But is there anything else uh, on the top of your head that you want to chit chat about? I definitely do. Take yeah. a look down below there, people. The ticker we now have merchandise. Yes. You can go to turnbuckle talk.myspotify.com. Or Shopify.com. I'm going to say that again turnbuckle talk.myshopify.com. By going to that website, it will take you to what merchandise has been created for us to sell to you at turnbuckle-talk.myshopify.com. Prices are in American dollars. I will let everybody know that right now, but I, I think that we have tried to really keep things at a good level when it comes to uh, pricing-wise. Um, looking any shirts between the sizes of small to uh, extra large or only 20 bucks. Yes. Um, you know, you got uh, some mugs in there as well that uh, you're looking at about $13 uh, just because we have to try to make a little bit of profit off of this. Of course. Now, I do want to mention that every article of clothing and stuff that's there, it's really weird because I've uh, chosen Canadian companies. So Shopify is a Canadian company. And the printing company that I've uh, decided to go with for the shirts and there's one hat and there's a couple of mugs, um, I've used a Canadian company for that. Now, for those of you that need it, 
we do have a turnbuckle talk face mask as well. That one there is from an American company, but even that one there, I think is only 10 bucks. It's, it's a really good price. It's reusable. It's going to be fantastic for you when you're out. It's white. So it's not going to draw in all of the heat. Um, and there's a plethora of different, uh, different things that are on that website uh, when it comes to t-shirt designs that, uh, that I've created for everyone here. So I hope that it is something that everyone is going to like. And uh, yeah, there we go. Don Lewis is going to save money to get his stuff. Um, I, I really hope you do. So uh, I want everyone that does make a purchase to post a photo of yourself to our page or yes. however you can to us and let us know that you did on that topic as well of our social media at TB talk pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are still running a Facebook contest. We were at 299 people that liked our Facebook page at TB talk pod. We're now down to uh, 298. So we hmm. lost somebody for some reason. Interesting. I don't know why. We'll try but... to win them back. Exactly. We're going to try to win them back. And what I want from everyone is that you go and you tell your friends, you share it out, you help us. We do have a contest running. When we hit 500 likes on our Facebook page, we are going to do a draw for an autographed Jake the Snake Roberts photo and allow you to come on and be a guest co-host on an episode of Turnbuckle Talk. All we ask is that you send us a message to our Facebook page at TB Talk Pod and let us know that you have helped gather more fans to get us closer to that 500. And your name will go down into the list that I have. And I've been keeping a list of people. And then once we do hit the 500, we are actually going to go live and I will show everyone on screen who the winner is. We might use a site like random.org and um, click it 10 times possibly or something yeah. or five times for 500. Maybe we'll do that and then it'll randomize uh, who wins. Right. So yeah, cool. That's all we ask people. Shoot us a message. Let us know. And you could win an autograph photo shipped to you anywhere in the world for free and be a guest on turnbuckle talk. Very cool. Before we do go here, Carl, as those of you who are kind of aware, things tend to kind of happen kind of out of the blue and uh, things happen uh, randomly and often in the world of professional wrestling. And as Carl was talking to you about our merchandise at uh, myshopify.com, we have... We have more breaking news, and uh, this will be something that we will uh, get into more details on next week. But this is one advantage of keeping social media open on a different device while we're doing a show with things like this can pop up. And the breaking news is that WWE for SummerSlam this year is considering doing the show on a boat. Uh, looks like they're going to steal Jericho's idea here, Carl. Uh, I'm going to look into uh, more into this, and we're going to talk about it next week because I have a feeling it's a whole bunch of hooey. But uh, I will look into it and see if there's any validity to it because uh, it sounds a little absurd to me, but uh, we will see um, what uh, might become of this. Sounds good to me. I look forward to our discussion about <laughs> SummerSlam on a boat and a uh, stolen idea. Yes, uh, very much so. Next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
All right, man. Well, that about wraps up for this week, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheParks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows here. You can find that all at HittingTheParks.com. Run.
Thank you.